Hey everyone, welcome to Recovering You. This is a podcast that will take you through a step-by-step guide of what you can expect when you enter into a world of recovery from addictive and compulsive behaviors. You are here to learn how to change, and we are here to give you the tools to get there. Hello and welcome back to another amazing episode of Recovering You. I am your host, Cameron Harrison. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Chase. Chase, how's it going, man? Um, it's going good right now. It's, it's been a very rough week. Um, but like, like I was telling you before, like just connecting with someone and trying to help other people often helps you out. And I'm feeling good right now. Awesome. Well, this is going to be, uh, it's going to be a bit of an, an emotional episode. And I, I'm not, I'm not saying that because we're both going to start crying. I mean, who knows what, who knows what things might, might the future hold for us. <laughs> you but, always need a good cry, uh, you know? but, but we're, we're going to be, we're going to be stepping into a little bit of uh, what we like to call emotional regulation. But before we do that, I'm going to, I'm going to backpedal just a little bit here. Um, and just, I just want to give another shout out to my man cave from last week. Uh, the, the episode has actually gotten quite a bit of feedback. I don't know who he sent it to, but um, I've been getting quite a bit of uh, comments and people reaching out and asking about the podcast. And uh, actually, I've gotten quite a few recommendations for what we could talk about in the future. And people just being like, hey, have you ever talked about this? Or uh, I have a friend who went through this. And how should I deal with that? And it's been actually a really cool experience. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like over 30 comments that I've gotten. Um, so again, whatever magic Cabe brought last week, <laughs> dude, you are a rock star. I know you're probably listening to this and hopefully you're smiling right now. Uh, but just, yeah, I, I loved last week's episode and I look forward to continuing that trend this week. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Hopefully we can channel that energy. Oh, yeah. It shall be channeled. Here we go. So emotional regulation. See, when I, when I think of a regulator, I think of almost like um, a regulator in a car or like in a computer or something, kind of the, uh, the brains of the operation, the, the thing that, that causes everything to work in the synchronicity and <clears throat> order and function that it's supposed to do. And so when I think of that, and when I think of like the brains of everything, then I, I immediately jump to, okay, well, so what's, what's my regulator? What, what's the regulator within me? And I'm yeah. like, well, it, that's my brain, right? My brain is what tells all my body functions to cooperate, right? It, when I'm asleep, it tells me to breathe. It, when, I, uh, when I'm running, it tells my, my heart rate to increase. It, it tells the, the, the blood to pump. It tells my lungs to expand faster, to get more air. When I get emotional, it tells me um, how to best deal with that emotion, whether it's you need to get angry right now for protection or you need to empathize with this person. They, they need a loving hand. Our, our brain regulates everything from motor functions to feelings and emotions and everything in between. And that's what we're going to kind of focus on today is, is uh, how to kind of tap into that because a lot of people... And I hear this mostly from my kids, and that's why I bring it up. My 10-year-old daughter right now, she says a lot because she's just starting to get into that emotional stage of life where 
everything makes this girl cry. And <laughs> I, I look at my wife and I'm like, I don't get it. Why is she crying about this? This is such a dumb thing to be crying about. And she, you know, very lovingly always says, Cameron, she's a girl. And, and she's just tapping into emotions. And so the littlest thing has a really big impact on her. And she just doesn't know how to work through those emotions yet. And that's what we need to help her with. And so, you know, me, I tuck my tail between my legs and I need to go hug her and tell her I'm sorry for getting frustrated that she got so emotional. Um, so obviously I don't have that emotional regulator figured out yet uh -huh. either as her dad. And so I know I'm not alone in this. And that, that's what I'm kind of getting at here is everyone has things to work through in figuring out their emotions and figuring out their bodies and figuring out their lives. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, um, I mean, this connects back to Metamoroni and, and uh, level two of the chemical scale, which is a mood battle and, and your emotions. And obviously, anyone that's been in addiction, it, one of the root causes is unable being not, not being able to regulate your emotions, right? And then going to the addiction to, to cover them up, right? And to make you feel good for, for a few moments. Um, so it's, it's super important. And for me, this has probably been one of the most powerful tools and just not just tools, but like, it's been a journey by regulating my emotions and, and my, my body, my mind, th this is like every day for me, it's an everyday focus, um, just because of mental health struggles or different things like that. Like, so I'm excited to talk about it and to kind of dive into some of the details the first being um, repetition and, you know, how being more conscious of the repetitive tasks that we do um, and practicing that can kind of help us uh, get to a, a better place uh, mentally and, and kind of retrain our body. Do you want to dive yeah, into that a yeah. little bit? Yeah. So, so there, yes, absolutely. There are three R's that we're going to focus on. If you're one of those people that takes notes on all this, and you like diving into this to think about it later on. The three R's that we're going to talk about are, as Chase just said, repetition. And we're going to talk about resetting. And then we're going to get into resilience. So when, when he mentioned repetition, there it's think of like tasks that we begin to move conscious <clears throat> actions and thoughts to subconscious actions and thoughts. So how how we would translate that into our emotions, let's let's first let's go through these four little these four little steps that we have here of how we regulate kind of those, those repetition things. So, so what's an activity that you do every day? Um, that, that, I mean, you do it the same way and usually at the same time. And it's something that your brain kind of just automatically tells you to do. For, for me, it's like brushing my teeth. Not only yeah. do, do I, I, like, I can't really even imagine going out in the morning without brushing my teeth. Like it just seems wrong because I've done it for so long or going to bed without brushing my teeth. But not only that, here's, here's the, the even bigger kicker. I I'm sure I brush my teeth in the same order and probably the same amount of brush strokes every wow. single time. And even though I have not counted, I think about it. I'm like, yeah, it's, I know I go the same order of where I go on my teeth and what order and about how long I go is probably almost identical every single morning and night. And yeah. so that's, and that's something we don't even think about. Do, do you have something like that, Chase, that is just like a, re, a repetition thing that. Yeah. Oftentimes it's uh, laundry is one of them, just doing laundry, folding laundry. Um, and, and what I try to do, and I think it's kind of, 
I could do this less, but I, I try to do something productive while doing something that doesn't take any brain power. So like listening to a, a talk or something motivational or something where I can learn something from while doing laundry or brushing my teeth. But this activity is the, the opposite of that. It's like, you know, stop letting your focus go another place, focus on this repetitive task that you're doing and everything that you feel kind of your five senses as you're doing this repetitive task. And, and the purpose of that is to help you, you know, get more in touch with your emotions, just being in tune with your body and what's going on in your brain and your body um, to then get more in touch with your emotions. Do you want to go through the, re the rest of the steps? Yes. Yeah, so, so step number one was pick that activity that you do every single day. Uh, number two, while you accomplish the task, use that time to connect with how you are feeling. That's kind of what you just mentioned was tapping into what you're feeling in that moment. So instead of having something else going on, like where you listen to something, I, I like to put a poem or a phrase on my mirror and read mm -hmm. through that and I'll think about things. Um, but, but what we're doing here is almost more of a meditation exercise that you're focusing on your present, where you're at, what you're feeling. If you're brushing your teeth, you're focusing on like, okay, trying to feel each tooth as it's being brushed. What's, what's the rug feel like under your feet that you're standing on? What's the countertop that your other hand is resting on feel like? Is it cool to the touch? What's, what's the temperature of the water? What's that sound like? Are there any smells going on? It's this complete awareness bringing awareness to something that is repetitive. Um, and that, that's, that's step three is what do you see, hear, smell, touch in that moment? And then number four is be aware of your surroundings and any pressures that might be there. So we mm. practice doing this during uh, a quiet moment every day uh, to teach your subconscious how to tap into your mind-body connection so that when more stressful times come up, you're able to tap into that same meditative state and retake control of your emotions to not be dragged down the rabbit hole into losing control of your emotions, essentially. Yeah. And I think the thing that I've done this, I mean, with the most is like, well, I, I've done it while doing menial tasks. I've done it while eating. That's probably when I've done it the most is just like mindful eating and, and paying attention to flavors and the smells and, and just how I'm feeling. Um, so then I don't like overeat or you know, can get more in tune with my body. But then also we talked about body scans before. It's a similar principle, just like being in the moment, but it really has made a difference on in when, when I'm stressed and when my body is just off, like, because I did those things, I'm more sensitive to that. And I can go into this kind of reset um, mode or, or, you know, the next step that we're going to talk about the next R, uh, which is like grounding yourself, shifting you know, those kind of chaotic chemicals that are going on in your brain and, and dissipating them through activities that help you get in touch uh, with your mind and your body and what's, what's going on and not just, you know, revving that engine um, at high RPMs. You can regulate it back down to, you know, lower RPMs. Right. And, and you are, from the conversations we've had, dude, you're, you're kind of like a master of resetting. And I know that's because of um, kind of your, your mental state, your anxieties, your ADHDs, your depressions, and everything that you go through, like mindfulness wise, you have worked really long and hard at being able to kind of control yourself, control your emotions and find ways to reset yourself, like what you just said. And, and that, that reset is what we're going to step into next. So what, yeah. what's kind of some of your reset activities that you do? 
Yeah, I mean, one major one is I work from home. Um, so just when I'm feeling like super stressed or not focused, going outside and breathing and just like looking around, paying attention to things. And if I have the time, I love to do earthing, which is where you just put your feet on the ground um, and get like electrons from the earth, whether it's the grass or, or whatever. And, you know, that there's a good amount of uh, research behind that, but we don't need to go into all of that, but that helps me. Um, and then other things are like, I know there's like tons of different breathing methods, but for some, for some reason, like that just overwhelms me. So just like simple remembering to breathe. Okay. Remembering to focus on my breathing once a day. And just like, however, I naturally want to breathe, just doing that, that helps me. Uh, sometimes taking a quick nap helps me to kind of like slow my RPMs down. And like, for some people that doesn't work, but like, for me, it's just, I'm closing my eyes and not really falling asleep, but I'm just closing my eyes and sitting there for 20, 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. By the way, I, ju I just want to point out all of you that were listening. I know that you just took a deep breath and started regulating your breathing as soon as he said that. Because <laughs> I know I did. And I'm sure as soon as he said, just take a deep breath. I'm sure everyone was like, but I just, I had this vision of everyone sitting there listening to the podcast that in that moment, everyone just took a breath and noticed that they were breathing. Because 99% of our day, we, we typically don't notice that we are breathing. And uh, so I, I, I love that you do that. And I, I love the grounding method. And I wish there were like grass patches here that <laughs> weren't full of like bugs and, and scorpions and stuff like that, that I can you go, can go on, my bare you can feet. go on the dirt or the rocks. It's, it's <laughs> you know, it's, but uh, it's my grass is much better. There are like grounding blankets and things like that. That it's, that's, that's a different thing, but um, what are, what are some of the things that you do to help ground yourself? So my, my resetting strategies are typically I will, uh, I'll fix my posture and I'll take in a deep breath. I'll place my hands on my thighs and I, I'll just like push my shoulders down and back a little bit. And I, I just kind of like, I feel like I'm able to breathe in a little bit of control and power back into myself. It resets my brain. It reminds me where I'm at. Um, I, I then start to take it even deeper. And I think about, okay, am I aligning every vertebrae in my spine in the, in the way that it's supposed to be aligned. So I'm not having poor posture to cause kyphosis or something or, uh, or lordosis or anything like that. So I sit on stools all day in the operating mm -hmm. room. So this is something I do probably five times every surgery that I'm in. And that in doing that, I'm able to then focus better on what the cases that I'm doing, uh, or I will start writing down tasks of things. Like my, my brain just kind of clears up a little bit. Um, but there's, there's seven things here under this list uh, that we'll walk you through real quick. So um, as far as resetting, when things get stressful, take a break and go for a walk. And that, that's something that uh, Chase mentioned. Um, it's something that depending on where you're at, like, dude, if you're to go and take a walk in Arizona in the summer, uh, you might as well go put your mouth over a blow dryer and put it on high heat. Because... <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing relaxing about it. It is sometimes you just can't do that. So yeah, um, you got to have different methods for yeah, sure. Cause sometimes yeah. you're not going to be able to do one or the other, you know, and that's yeah. fine. So number two is uh, watch your posture. Oh, there you go. Uh, like what I was saying, uh, stand tall and be confident. Number three, be aware of your facial expressions. Smile. This is another really fascinating thing. The act of smiling releases endorphins. It releases positive energy and not just to you, 
the act of smiling actually causes positivity to be contagious to other people. When I was in Guatemala serving as a missionary, everyone says hello to everyone and they all smile and they all are super yeah. kind and friendly. When I came back to the United States, people were almost kind of weirded out if you were like, hi there. And you give them a smile. They're like, <laughs> I don't know you. Like you get this look of confusion. Um, yeah. But every once in a while you get, you get a person that gives you a huge smile back and it feels so good. And at the end of a lot of the episodes that we've done, I talk about how you can change the world with something as simple as a smile. And that might not be the entire world, but it could be an individual's world that that might be what they needed at that moment in time. So don't be afraid to smile and spread that positivity to other people. Well, I would say just being on this podcast, talking with you, we're on, we're on zoom. We're looking at each other the whole time. And like, I've been smiling, just like laughing at some of the things you said. And like, <laughs> I was on a tough business meeting before this, like, and I actually took a little bit of a nap before this. So I could be more focused, like a 15 minute, just closing yeah. my eyes, Power nap. But like, but also just like smiling has, has helped me, you know, being on here, like, you know, yeah. that's so, so I can attest to that for sure. Um, and then the, the list continues on, like, you know, breathe in and out and know any smells and sounds around you. Um, and then that's number four. Number five is let your mind think about peaceful things. You see a tree, the color of the sky, a bird flying. Um, and then number six is what are your feet touching? Does the, does the air, how does the air feel? Like, is there a breeze? And um, I, I would say like all of these are like something that uh, my psychiatrist, you know, shared with me is like, just go through your five senses. So like, what am I feeling right now? Um, like actual physical touch. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? Um, what's the last sense? Taste. What do I taste? Yeah. So just going through those to get in the moment. Um, and then I think the last one is very important as like, where is God's, God's presence? Right? And, and, I, and I, I love this last one. And I, and I love it because a lot of people um, might wonder like, well, you know, what, what kind of God's presence is there in traffic coming home from work? <laughs> but have you ever taken a minute to uh, look through some of look look through some of the windows of the cars around you and recognize that there's an individual in there that might be going through a hard time, and that everyone has their own individual story? We talked about that a couple episodes back. Yeah. Um, but but for me, one of one of my favorite things to do is. I like to just stop, put everything down that I'm doing and just watch my son exist. Watch my daughters yeah. exist and watch them experience life. Because when I do this, and if you haven't done this, I highly encourage it. The way that children, and if you don't have kids, look at nieces and nephews or, you know, without being too creepy, look at little kids like in the grocery store that you're at. Just notice, notice them figuring out the world, asking yeah. about like, what color is that? And um, wow, that's really heavy. And like, they, they are in a constant state of mind body connection. Yeah, they're, they're constantly connected to hmm. the universe, because they don't understand it yet. And as we grow up, we tend to disconnect from that, because we just, you know, everything becomes mundane. So take a second and watch a child exist. And it is impossible not to see God's handiwork um, at play. Yeah. And that's, that's great. And I think, you know, one of the reasons is that they're able to do that is, you know, they're, they're they need to right to learn how to exist in the world, but also oftentimes children aren't given screens until like later in life. Um, 
And it and, used to be that way. Yeah, yeah, it used to be that way. But, Shut up. Here's a screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like for me, I'm realizing, yes, this is I would add to there, like separate yourself from screens uh on the reset piece. And for me, like I was just texting my buddy, he's writing like a like a a, a, a you know essay on screen time and doing research on that and bringing in all these research articles. And we've been talking about it. And I'm realizing that like, oftentimes my anxiety and my stress is just influenced by being on the screen so much. And then often I'm on the screen trying to do productive things, but I just need to take a break and just yeah. separate from it. Turn my phone up, you know, down, put it on, do not disturb, like walk away. And, Cause like, it's, it's, it's designed to be, obviously there's certain parts that are designed to be addictive, but it's also just like overwhelming because there's so much information and emails and texts and, you know, messages and like all these things that just are coming at you. So it's like separate from that while you, you know, do the other things we've talked about in the, the reset piece. Yeah. So, so here's a little challenge for people too, because I, I have heard so much research, especially lately on stop looking at your phone at nighttime. <laughs> It is, it is ruining your sleep pattern. It is ruining your body's natural ability to create the, the melatonin that allows you to, uh, to become naturally tired and fall asleep in a relaxing, peaceful way. And so the challenge is set an alarm for like 45 minutes or an hour before you go to bed and don't look at screens the rest of the night. Play a board game with, with someone or um, write in a journal, read in an actual book you know, do, yeah. do something that doesn't include that blue light in your eyes and just try it for a week and see what happens. And if you have like a cool experience, reach out to us at our email that, that we always put in the, uh, the description of the episode down below. So yeah, definitely something to do there. So let's jump into the third one though. Let's jump into resilience. Um, so resilience is, is basically, that's our ability to face the challenges and quickly make, make or deal with the uh the emotions but in a positive way it's it's how you train your brain to bounce back from difficult situations by using your body to stay in control and build self-confidence when i think of resilience i think of um so i i, I ran cross country all growing up and i felt like resilience kicked in in that last quarter mile of the race that it's when your body's saying, no, I, I'm pretty worn out. You've pushed me kind of to the max. And I had a coach that would always say, you need to, t you need to use your brain to tell your body to shut up because you're capable of more than what your body is telling you. You are capable of greater things. And so in every single race, when I knew that I had about 400 meters left, I would just say out loud, I'd say, shut up. And I'd start sprinting. <laughs> And I, and I would start to kick and I, I, I never died. I never, you know, very few times did I collapse or throw up at the end of the race. And my times always got better because further and further away from that finish line, I was able to tell my body to shut up and push harder before that. And my times got better. So that's what I think of when it comes to uh, like resilience. You know, I guess, I guess that makes sense. Um, I would, I would say it's like more like, listening to your body not telling your body to shut up by being <laughs> honest like like the, the reset part is listening to your body and then resilience is training your body so i guess you were training your body to like let your mind take control 
Um, yeah. You know, you 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 heard your body, but then you said, "I hear you," right? But this is the task that we're focused on, and this right. is what we're prioritizing. We we can do more, and yeah. and sometimes that is an emotional thing that you're like, "I don't know if I can handle this stress. I don't know if I can resist this temptation." I mm -hmm. I'm in a situation where I'm I'm at a level three. I'm starting to I'm recognizing I'm I'm in a perfectly good situation to relapse or, you know, I'm being invited out to go with friends that is going to be a precarious situation for me. Resilience is that is your mind saying, no, 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 no. We can handle this and we can handle it by either saying no or we can take action and get out of this situation. So that that's what I think. Resilience is action. It is yeah telling yourself to choose the better road, even if it's the harder road. Well, it's action because you have a healthy foundation, right? That you've built through, through different habits. Um, I mean, you're, you're kind of saying some things that resonate with me. I mean, Monday through Saturday of last week, I was bouncing between a level two to a level four. Um, and and you didn't lose. I, I didn't lose. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> before it was like that, that wasn't, you know, a thing, but like I, I would, I would, you know, maybe lose a battle during that time, but because I had built up my resilience through some of the actions we're going to talk about, like I made it through and I was surprised at myself, but I also like really called upon the powers of God to, to make it through. Um, and, you know, and, and I'm very grateful for that, but it was also like, oh, wow, I can look back and realize I'm stronger than I was before and more resilient. That's um, awesome. Um, okay, so there, there's a, a list of seven things here that it, it does to try and um, really enforce that resilience um, between that mind-body connection. So number one is try a breathing technique. Um, two is getting some exercise. I know a lot of these kind of sound... Um, repetitive from from the reset um, but just appreciate it for what it is uh, number three improve your diet dude sugar is my <laughs> biggest enemy right now not only have i been gaining weight but i'm always tired my my motivation to be productive is in the dumps and yeah. honestly as i have taken note of that and stopped drinking soda as much I, I still have like a couple sodas a week, but it used to be like two or three sodas a day. And so, and, and I just noticed like I was, I had no energy or desire to be, to eat, not just physical things. I had no desire to connect with anyone. I didn't want to be there for my kids. I didn't want to have meaningful conversations with my wife because I just felt like garbage all the time. Yeah. I felt like my insides were just sludge. So yeah, as I've eaten more fruits and vegetables and changed my diet and been have a had a more healthy lifestyle, like I'm I'm doing so much better, man. So yeah, in I'm glad to hear it. Diet can be a big thing. Uh find ways to laugh. That dude, this is this is such a good one. Laughter, they they say they always say laughter is the best medicine. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree. I mean, I think laughter has a, a great resetting and a great resilience type of attitude. Yeah, definitely. It can let some steam out of the out of the pot or out of the situation, yeah. leave some pressure for sure. A few of the other ones are listening to good music. Um, in addition to having a food business, I'm also a DJ. So I'm very <laughs> into music. And like I remember before I served a mission for, for my church, like in high school, I'd maybe listen to stuff that wasn't so clean. A lot of times I would get clean versions of CDs. But like it's still like that some of the topics they would talk about weren't, weren't 
great. Um, and when I finally had the courage, like, you know, I think it was around 18, 17 to like, just delete everything that had bad messages or was unclean and, and start bringing good music into my life that changed so much. I remember like one artist that I found modest Yahoo. He's a Hasidic Jewish guy and his stuff was just uplifting. It wasn't like he talked about God every now and then, but it brought me into such a different state. And then I was able to build on that and find more uplifting music and create a habit to just like, when I hear something that sounds cool, but it's not clean, just like, let it go away. Like, don't add it to my playlist and don't, don't stick to it. And I'll find something great, you know, that is. And, uh, well, yeah. And, and I love that you point out, you know, like th this doesn't have to be like just church music. It, it can be music that just, I mean, has a good message to it or, you know, it's just, a or really it's just good fun, song. you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. But, but those things that, you know, talk about like sex and violence and stuff like that really do kind of paint the world in an, in a toxic way that makes it so you are disconnected from your true self. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, I love Christian music and, you know, it has a time and a place, but also sometimes you just need to have fun and, yep. and or sometimes there are people, songs that people make that aren't Christian that have good messages or, or just instrumental stuff, you know, that helps you chill out. Um, you know, I often will just say, hey, well, I don't want to say it too loud because it's going to hear, but I'll say, hey, Google, play meditation music or hey, Google, play sleep music. And then it'll just like play that and it'll help me chill out, you know. All right. So the last couple here, it talks about um, journaling your feelings and uh, connecting with family and friends. So I, I, I feel like journaling your feelings and connecting with family and friends there both those are a connection with self or others they're they're meant to gain a deeper understanding and a deeper look into the lives of others and yourself when there's something about and i don't i don't know why it's still so hard for me and cabe and i actually talked about this in our episode last week journaling is just tough it's it's tough for some people to do, to sit down and talk about your day and stuff. It doesn't really resonate with everyone. So a lot of times my journaling is just reaching out on my uh, men's group on an app and saying, hey, this is what level I'm at. I'm feeling strong today or I'm feeling weak today. And that is journaling because I'm taking a look inside myself and, yeah. and putting it out there. I'm putting it on um, you know, pen and paper, essentially. So yeah. the act of writing it down does connect mind and body. And I think that's the important thing here that you are using your mind and your body to write something down. Yeah. And what I do with journaling is I just usually just write one thing that I'm grateful for. And then that's oftentimes that's it probably like, you know, five out of seven days, that's it. Um, but then one day I'll have like more that I, a cool experience or just something that I want to write down or emotions yeah. that I want to work through. Um, and then I, I just have an example of the last one connecting with family and friends. Like I said, you know, this, this past week, I was bouncing between a mood battle, you know, to like, you know, all the way to the irrational conversation. And I, while in that, I was doing a lot of different things that we talked about to kind of reset, calm myself down. Uh, it just wasn't really getting me where to, to where I needed to. And I, I called up a buddy and he was available and I just went over and talked with him and we were able to connect and, and just like get away from like electronics. A lot, a lot of times when I connect with friends, it's like you're watching something, you're playing video games or you're like doing some activity. This time we were able to get together and we just had a conversation and it was really good. 
and I felt so rejuvenated and, and you know brought me back to, to better levels so it's like connecting with family friends like emphasis on the connect not just being yeah. around them being around them is good but connecting meaningfully is better yeah when uh when me and my my buddies get together and we go out and like get wings and do a movie um i always enjoy the wings <laughs> more because mm -hmm. we're all sitting around a table laughing telling stories asking questions and connecting the movies are sometimes good they're sometimes bad but they're they're movies but you don't talk you don't connect with anything it's just you know it's just a movie but man, I, I love sitting down and having conversations with people. I completely agree with you there. So just to kind of uh, summarize and recap all of this. So we talked a little bit about taking note of repetitive things and just noticing those senses around you, what you're feeling, what you're seeing, what you're tasting. You know? And then uh, when you are kind of feeling a disconnect, find a way to reset, go on a walk breathe, fix your posture, um, notice things around you. And then building that resilience is uh, having a response when you are in a stressful situation. And that response being an automatic thing. If someone throws a football at your head, your hand's going to come up to try and stop it. It's just, it's a natural kind of thing. If Satan throws a curveball at you, if he throws a temptation at you, this is what we're talking about. Find that natural knee jerk or your hand coming up to defend yourself reaction of, I need to go for a walk. I need to do push-ups. Um, I, I need to go grab a glass of cold water. I need to go stand in, stand in the grass outside for five minutes while I just breathe, you know, yeah. find, find that thing that is automatic because that is how you win your battles. That is how, when, like what happened to chase this week, when you get to a level four that you are contemplating relapsing and you're contemplating giving up and you're basically on the verge of saying, screw it, I just can't do it anymore. You say, no, 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 yes, I can. I can yeah. do this, I can win. And I know exactly how, because I've practiced it. And, and I would add like resilience can be that response, but it also is building that healthy foundation, right? To, to have those strong roots to withstand the storms. You know, all taking all of this into account, like what we've really been talking about is just ways to regulate your emotions and, you know, connect your mind and body and connect with you know, the world around you in order to prevent addiction. Um, and I would, I would add for me, like, or prevent relapse. I would add for me, like one thing that helped me this week is I have like lists of all these different things I can do, right. That were reset or resilient type things. But what I did this time is like, I just asked God to bring things to my mind that I can do. So I, because like, what's going to be most effective in that moment. And, and, you know, that really helped because uh, it wasn't overwhelming. Like I was going through like a list of 10 different things to, to, to reset, but I was letting God kind of guide me in that. And the biggest key when you're doing something like that is trusting the thoughts that come to your mind and acting on them. That when it's mm -hmm. like, call up this person that it's not like, well, no, that's not what I asked you to tell me to do. <laughs> you don't you don't try and guide the guide the scenario you just if something pops up in your head you go okay i'll do it and i would say 10 out of 10 times it's going to make a difference yeah so, well i want to uh i want to thank everyone for joining us again this week um th this was I, I think this is a really valuable tool and i think it makes a huge difference and for those of you out there that are, are wondering how is it that you're going to take things to the next level? 
this self-awareness, this mind-body connection, I believe is that next level because you can go to a state of abstinence or a state of being able to just get good numbers. But if you aren't connected with yourself, if you don't understand what's going on in your brain and you don't understand those emotions, then the relapses will keep coming. So this is like putting a scope on the rifle that you can see the enemy coming from miles and miles away and you can prepare Mm -hmm. yourself. You can see the armies coming. You can feel the ground shaking. You can feel, yeah, exactly. And when you can do that, then there are very, very few surprises that will come your way. Nothing, I mean, you're going to be able to withstand the battles because you will have plenty of time to prepare for them. So keeping that in mind, go out there, be amazing. And remember that you are a good person and you can change the world with something as simple as a smile.